Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation and enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. We're made for action. So how do we live according to our beliefs? How can we help make this world the peaceful place we want it to be? In a time of highly charged political and emotional issues, Deborah Engel is here today to help share some tools for moving from bitterness and divisiveness to peace. We'll be talking about some simple but powerful ways that we can learn to live with more kindness, more decency, and more authenticity. Are you ready to meet her? Deborah Landwehr Engel is the best-selling author of The Only Little Prayer You Need. That book features a foreword by the Dalai Lama. Her book, Let Your Spirit's Guide Speak, includes practical ways for readers to build a relationship with their spiritual guidance. And her new book is Be the Light That You Are, 10 Simple Ways to Transform Your World with Love. A student of A Course in Miracles for the past 30 years, Deborah leads classes and workshops in the course, and she also mentors aspiring writers through one-on-one coaching and international retreats. You can find out lots more about Deborah and her work at DebraEngel.com. Deborah, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here with you. I'm glad you're here. So it's easy to be spiritual when we're meditating and everything's going our way and the sun is out and bunnies are hopping around and everybody loves us. When nothing is triggering us, it's easy for us to be light and to feel love. But when loving response is called for, when things get difficult, when we get triggered, sometimes we lose. Okay, I'll speak for myself. I go all cattywampus. I lose my balance. I don't feel spiritual anymore. I get angry. I say stuff I regret. How can we act from that place of love and compassion, from balance, and do it consistently? It's such a perfect question to start with. I really appreciate that because it gets right to the heart of the teachings that I talk about in the book and that I think are so central to not just having a spiritual practice, but taking our spirituality and putting it into practice every day. Because you're so right, it's so easy to get triggered, especially out in the world when things are so divisive and can be very bitter the way they are right now. So the thing to me that's most important to remember is that we really have two minds. There's the smaller or ego mind that's based in fear, and there's the higher mind. That's the one that remembers that we have a connection to God, to a higher power, to something greater than ourselves. And when we look at those two minds, they are so completely different. The small mind is the one that's based in fear, that's always getting triggered because it's always looking for joy, but it's looking for that outside of itself outside of us. So it's looking into the world for things to make it happy. And maybe that'll happen for a minute or two. You know, it'll happen while we're having that sunny spring day. But then something bad comes on the news or somebody in your family has a problem going on or you have an issue that is unresolved. And all of a sudden, it seems like all of that spiritual practice goes out the door. So what this book is about and what the teaching is about is that really we want to come from our higher mind, from that remembrance of who we are 
as children of that divine love that created us. And when our spiritual practice and when we practice our spirituality comes from that place, then we're not triggered by those things outside of ourselves. Then we can maintain our internal peace, our internal joy and love, simply by remembering the light that we are. That higher mind is, to me, is the one that's always on, always engaged, always available. And it's the smaller mind, that the lower mind, the ego mind, that's the one we have to keep kind of feeding and stoking the fire. So isn't that funny that the one we use the much most is the one that it takes the most work to keep going? Because unless we feed it, it runs out of things to be triggered about. Right. Absolutely. And it's also the first and typically the loudest, noisiest, most demanding voice we hear, too. It is as though it's always saying, feed me, feed me, because it wants that next drama. It wants that next piece of chaos or that next problem, which seems odd. You know, why does our mind want to be fed all of these things that make us feel like life is hard or a struggle? rather than leading to joy. But the reason for that is that the ego's whole premise, its whole identity is based on fixing things, controlling things, feeding on the chaos, so that it can somehow try to prove itself and feel better. The underlying belief of the ego, and this is true for all of us, for every single person on the planet, we all have this ego mind, and all of our egos are telling us that we're not enough, we don't matter, we're not lovable. So that part of our mind, that small mind is always looking for ways to feel better, to try to prove itself, to be the hero, to fix things, to save others so that it can feel better about itself. And that's why it is constantly needing to be fed. The higher mind, on the other hand, as you alluded to, is simple. It doesn't demand anything. It is simply being in that place where we remember that we are part of God. We are part of that divine love. We're part of joy. We are abundance. We're prosperity. We're well-being. We are all of the things that we want in our lives. So there is nothing to do except simply to be it, to allow it to flow through us and out into the world. And that's how we share our gifts and share our joy and our light with the world. So in this new book, Be the Light That You Are, you you cover 10 principles. I love this book because it's very practical. It's not a 9,000-page book. It is concise, and it's practical. It gives me things to do. That's my favorite kind of book. Why did you structure the book the way that you did, and what are some of the principles that you talk about in the book? Well, the idea for the book came along originally a couple of years ago when some of my students in my A Course in Miracles classes started asking questions that were especially challenging. It's as though they've gotten deep enough and far enough into their spiritual practice and spiritual study to start applying these things in their lives, and they're seeing that it's not always easy. We, you know, I find that every day (laughs) I've been studying and teaching the course for years, but every day there are still challenges, still opportunities for us to learn either from love or from fear. So they started asking questions, things like, uh, one of them asked, I've got lots of really good friends, people that I've loved for years, but when we go out together, they still like to gossip, and I don't want to do that anymore because that's not part of my spiritual practice, and I understand how damaging that can be. But how can I stay friends 
with people who are wanting to do something that I don't want to do, who are in a different place than I am. Um, there were other questions like that that, as you say, are very practical. They're very everyday situations that we all run into. And so I wanted to write a book that would give people not just the principles behind what to do, but actually give real scenarios and describe this is what it's going to look like if you approach this scenario or this life situation from fear, and this is what it's going to look like if you approach it from light and the love that you are. So some of those principles, it starts with the principle of be the light. And I talk in the book about how, in a way, that's really the most challenging one of all, because how many of us can get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and very freely and openly say, I am the light of the world. For a lot of people, that's an extremely difficult thing to do because it feels arrogant. It may even feel blasphemous to claim that. And yet we need to know that, we need to claim it about ourselves, because when we do that, we're in that higher mind, that other place of love and truth and authenticity, that when we take that out into the world, when we live from that all day long, so many of the problems and dramas that we encounter will just be taken care of. So the book starts with how do we accept and know that we are the light of the world? What does it mean to be the light? And then every chapter builds on the one before by talking then about the power of knowing that we have two minds and using our higher mind to its greatest power. There's a chapter on fostering self-love, about seeing only love, detaching with love, letting go of judgment, rising above the drama, forgiveness, 10 chapters all in all. And again, each one builds on the one before so that as you go along, you see how, for instance, letting go of judgment is not just morally the right thing to do. It's not just that it's a good idea, but you really start to see why when we are the light, it's so imperative for us to let go of judgment and how we can do that from that higher mind. And I think I'm resonating with what you said about the your student who was far enough along on her path to see the difference between kind of the way that everybody else was still doing things and the path that she wanted to go on, what she held true. I believe that that choice between love and fear, we're making that all the time. And we can make it with awareness, I am making this choice and I choose love, or we can make it from a place of not being aware, but we're making it all the time. And part of what to me is so, I don't know, maybe I'm a nut about this, but part of what to me is so exciting about spiritual practice and the spiritual journey is that we never run out of things to learn. There's always room to grow. Our curiosity leads us to more and more and more choices. And so as we progress on the path, if you want to look at it that way, like a, like linearly, as we progress on the path, there are always more questions and always more choices. It feels to me from having read your book that the principles in this book are applicable to all of us, no matter where we are on the path. If you're just starting out, if your awareness is just shifting, there's material here for you. And if you feel like you've done a lot of work on yourself, there's material here for you too. Does that feel right from the way you put it together? It really does. Yeah. And I think that's an important point because I wanted it to be simple enough, basic enough, clear enough that it could resonate with someone who's really just starting on the path. And yet the book is packed full, really so chock full of different 
teachings and examples that I think for the person who has been on a spiritual path for a long time, they will find lots there to affirm and help them grow even more. I found my own experience in writing it was that I felt like I was learning so much. Whenever I write uh, these spiritual books, I always feel as though I'm in a position of channeling, that this information is simply coming through me. Other books have flown, uh, have flowed through me pretty easily, pretty simply and clearly. This one, it took more time, it took more effort. It just, it seemed as though it was more of a start and stop process. And I think that's simply because I had to catch up as I went along, not because the concepts or the teachings are necessarily new. For a lot of readers, they'll recognize many, many things in this book. But to really take those spiritual teachings that we think about, we grapple with, but put them into real-life situations and describe those, that took a new level of understanding for me, and hopefully it'll take readers to a new level of understanding, too. You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and I'm talking with Deborah Engel. Her new book is Be the Light That You Are, 10 Simple Ways to Transform Your World with Love. You can find out more about Deborah and her work at DebraEngel.com. That's D-E-B-R-A-E-N-G-L-E.com. You say in the book, and I, and I wrote this down because it, um, it's simple sentences, but it, was really moving to me. You said your ability to respond with love is possible because you are that love. You are that light. And I'm thinking of sometimes in my work, people will bring difficult stories, let's say of family interaction, and somebody will do something to them. And they will say, how can I respond with love to that? Look what they did to me. Look what they left me with. No wonder I'm damaged. No wonder I'm hurting. How can I respond with love? And so when I read what you've written, that your ability to respond with love is possible, because you are that love, that opens up whole new places of growth. Absolutely. And that goes back to that reason that the whole book is predicated on be the light that you are. Because typically, as we go through our lives, and we're so often operating from that smaller ego mind, we approach exactly the kind of scenario that you just described. Someone has done something to me, how can I possibly respond with love? If we try to respond to that from our ego, we're basically meeting fear with fear. So we may try to be compassionate, we may try to be kind, we may try to even forgive, but if that's coming from a place of fear, it will always be followed by bitterness, by second-guessing, by distrust, or by another situation that comes along to give us another opportunity to learn from love rather than fear. So, for instance, if someone does something to me, and I think, okay, I'm going to respond with love. If I'm coming from the ego mind, I may think, well, I'll just be the higher person. I'll take the higher ground. But really what I'm saying then is I'm going to try to be better than that person. It's not really forgiving them at all or being loving to them at all. It's simply trying to make myself feel better. But when I come from my higher mind and someone does something to me, actually when we're fully in our higher selves, No matter what anyone says to us or does to us, we know that that doesn't change who we are, doesn't change the love 
the light that is the essence, the core, the truth of who we are. And so the only response we have is love. But it's coming from a place of, I am love and so are you. I recognize that what you did came from your fear, but I don't need to respond from fear. I'm just going to hold the space of light and peace that I am and know that that's going to be the greatest response for me and the greatest response for you as well. Now, I know that you've written this, and I find this true in in, in all your books. You've written this not just to tell people the principles, but to show them how. This is how you might do it. These are right. This is, as you said, this is how the situation may appear. Here are some things that you can do. That practicality is so important because often I think as spiritual teachers or authors, people, we get so into the floatiness of it. Yes, it's fear or love. Choose love. Done. Next topic. Um, I think we do ourselves a disservice when we ignore the practical steps. We don't share how to do it. Right. And I think it's so important to to recognize that it is a practice, that we are made for action. Sometimes taking these spiritual principles into the world can seem like non-action or seem as though we're just letting things slide by. You know, if we talk about not judging anything or anyone, sometimes people will look at that and say, well, but we have to have discernment. We need judgment so that we can make good decisions, so that we can not get ourselves into problems, so that we can make things better in this world. But the thing is that if we are truly letting go of judgment, and I use that as just one example, if we're doing that from love, it's not that we don't take action in the world. It's just that we take action from the place of true love. And when I say that, I mean that bigger agape love of God, not the love of an outcome, not the love of being right, not the love of trying to make things be or look a certain way, but simply recognizing that everybody has a right to express themselves and that sometimes our preferences will Uh, will prevail, and sometimes they won't. That's not even really the goal. The goal is simply to show up in the light. You know, I talk in the the book about, for instance, um, one person asked me, I want to join a protest march, but I really believe in love, and I'm afraid that if I go to participate in this, I'm going to get into a place of fear and anger and the ego. So can I still participate? And I said, absolutely, you can participate, but just bring a different intention a different energy to it. If you show up as fear, yes, you will join in the anger and the hurt. But if you come as the love and the light that you are, you are possibly going to ask for healing for everybody in that gathering. You're going to see people who are on the, quote, other side, not as your enemy, but as the light, expressing the light in the way that they do. You're going to just bring an energy of love and light to that event that will change the energy of it and will help you stay in the place where you know you are the light. And that changes everything. There's an enormous amount of power, isn't that, of uh, taking responsibility for how we show up. I Then I can't say you made me do that or look what he did to me. When you show up like that, it's you, sh- I guess, being the light that you are, you showing up in your as much as you can be in your divine essence in that Absolutely. place. Right. 
And that is the true power. The fear thinks of having power over others, power to manipulate, power to use. But the power of the higher self is simply showing up as the light and the love and letting that power of the divine flow through you and into any and every situation that you're in, any and every relationship, conversation. So you can walk into the most contentious situation of all, whether it's at work, at home, wherever you may be. But if you show up as the light, you immediately start to shift that conflict into a conversation instead. And because the light is always on, always there, because your higher mind is actually the more powerful of the minds, that means that if you were to show up as a, as the light and then slip, as at least as I would teach, all you need to do is take a breath and reconnect with that light. And look, you showed up as the light again, that it's that it's the it's the smallest shift of perception that you can that can put you right back in a place of balance every time you need to readjust. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing is, we don't have to go out and look for this. We don't have to search for it. We don't have to be on a hunt to find it. It's already within us. So it's always just a thought away. One thing that I talk with my clients and readers about is that listening to the small ego fear-based voice or listening to the higher self, it's very much like going to um, have a meal in a restaurant and you sit down at a big table and at one end of the table, there's a group of people bickering or complaining or whining about something. And at the other end of the table, there are people talking about possibilities and affirming each other, talking about something wonderful in their lives. You're sitting in the middle and you get to decide which conversation to tune into. It's literally that easy. Are you going to tune into the fear or will you tune into the love? Would you let the listeners know about your website. You've got a ton of stuff going on. We haven't even talked about your work with writers, which is something I'm really interested in. What can listeners find on your website? How can they connect with you and what all's going on over there? Yep, there is a lot going on over there. So again, it's DebraEngel.com and um, a lot of things going on on a regular basis. Two things that I would encourage everybody to sign up for. One is that every month, typically the first Thursday of each month, I have a free teleclass based on A Course in Miracles. And now that the book is out, now that Be the Light That You Are is out, I'll be incorporating a lot of those principles into those teleclasses because it's all really based on A Course in Miracles. So there's that free teleclass, and then there's also once a month a free teleclass having to do with writing. So anybody who's interested in writing a book or a blog or creative writing, any kind of writing, I encourage you to sign up for those teleclasses because those classes each month we cover a different topic. Sometimes I have wonderful guests, and they're just wonderful hour-long pieces of inspiration and practical information. So I also have some events coming up based on the launch of Be the Light That You Are, so I always have an updated list of upcoming events. I'm really excited that I'll be at the Omega Institute this coming September, September 13th through 15th, to do an entire weekend workshop based on Be the Light That You Are. So it'll be full immersion into these principles and truly an opportunity to shift that lens that you see life through and come away with a rich, new perspective on life. So always lots of um, events. Sign up for those teleclasses. I have online courses, I send out regular newsletters, and I'd love for people to, to be able to be connected and uh, find out everything that's going on. 
Oh, that's wonderful. So all of that is at DebraEngel.com. And I know we've just got just about a minute left together. What would you most want readers and listeners to be getting from this work? I think the most important thing is simply to know that you always have that light within you and that no matter how difficult life seems, how much chaos or challenges you have in your life, to know that it really is just a thought away, a shift in your thinking away to go over to that higher self part of your mind and remember that you have everything you need to live a more joyful, peaceful, content, happy life. And that as you do that, you're doing it for yourself, your family, your community, but you're also doing it for the whole world. I really believe that these principles put into action have the power to change things dramatically in this world. And I think that's what we're looking for, not just the shift within, but the shift for everyone. That's when we really can make the world a better place. I absolutely agree with you. Deborah. thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. That is Deborah Engel. Her new book is Be the Light That You Are, 10 Simple Ways to Transform Your World with Love. You can find out more about Deborah and her work. You can find out about those free uh, monthly teleclasses that talk about A Course in Miracles, the free monthly teleclasses about writing, and so much more. All of that is at DebraEngel.com. That's D-E-B-R-A-E-N-G-L-E.com. And you're always welcome over at KarenHager.com. It's a great place to find out about upcoming classes and events. I'm getting ready to be back in San Francisco in June of this year, June of 2019. And you can find out more about where you can catch up with me on that trip at karenhager.com as well. If you believe, as I do, that when we focus our attention on change, that things really do change, I invite you to visit openpeacefulheart.com. Opening the Peaceful Heart is a 15-minute guided meditation call. It's free. We meet the first Sunday of every month where people from all over the world come together just to focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. There's no selling. There's no yelling. There's nothing to buy. All there is to do is show up in peace for 15 minutes. You can get details at openpeacefulheart.com. You'll also find a ton of previous sessions that you can listen to anytime at no cost. And thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world and a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace. Peace.